1: Welcome to episode 141 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's Mom. Today you will be listening to the recent live stream that Gwen and I just published this last week on Facebook and YouTube. So this is just the audio version of that. This is when we talk about caring for grievers and how we are together trying to help Healthcare workers care for grievers better, and then even more personally, just how other people have been caring for me during this really hard season of Andy's birthday and graduation and just honoring Andy in different ways. It has been beautiful, but in many ways very hard, and we go into that discussion as well. So sit back and listen to Gwen and I talk today today's episode is a little bit different in that we don't have like a real topic we just kind of wanted to update people on some things that Gwen and I are working on so we've had the opportunity
2: to present to a group Um, it was a wide variety of healthcare workers Uh between nurses, hospice, some medical students, some physicians. Yeah. And we think that we make a really great team. I think we do. (laughs) Um, just the balance that we have between, um, you know, Marcy, your professional experience, but now your personal experience and how you can present that in a way to your colleagues in a way that I couldn't. And, it, it just was um, really heartfelt and very moving and just um, the direction that you gave them. We, you had an hour, I had an hour, and we did some Q&A. And in my hour, we just talked about, I feel... On behalf of most bereaved people, that my job is to educate how hard the work of grief really is. And we talked about that. And then we looked at maybe giving them some tips and strategies on what they could do. And then um, the sponsor, one of the main sponsors of the event that we did was um, Heritage Funeral Home. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Heritage Life Story Funeral Home in Grand Rapids, and they wanted some self-care for physicians and health care workers just coming off the two years that we had. So we did talk about self-care.
1: Yeah. And overall, it is something that's become kind of near and dear to my heart a little bit. I really think back, I'm going to share one of the stories mm-hmm. that I did share and I think I've shared it here on the podcast before, but I'm not really quite sure. And this is going way back to when I was in college and my mother was dying of cancer. And we knew that she was dying and that she'd had cancer for two and a half years and had not been doing well. And I came home for Christmas break in my junior year and she was quite sick. And I, I remember I took her to the hospital that day Mm. because she was going in for some chemotherapy and her blood pressure was, crazy low, like Mm. really, really low. And they said, we're going to have to put you in the hospital. And we, you know, she went into the Mm -hmm. hospital and we fully expected her to be able to be out by Christmas. You know, they would give her some meds to help kind of strengthen her heart a little bit. Um, I remember the cardiology team came in and said, you know, she really would be the perfect candidate for a heart transplant, but she's got metastatic cancer. So obviously she can't get a heart transplant. Mm -hmm and And anyway, so we're at the hospital. And my parents were also in the midst of moving. So they were, going to be moving um, to a condo because my mom couldn't really handle the stairs anymore. My brother was graduating from high school. They were just going to downsize a little bit. So they went from our big house to a condo. And dad thought, well, when she comes home from the hospital, let's not put her back in the house Mm. where she's going to have to do the stairs. We're going to go straight to the condo. So he and my brother were moving and we're doing all of this stuff. And I'm there by myself with my mom in the hospital. And this is just, maybe two days before Christmas, Mm. maybe even Christmas Eve, actually. And the nurses came, one of the nurses came in the room and said, can I talk to you for a minute? And pulled me out of the room. And I got out of the room and there were a few nurses gathered in the hallway. Hmm. And they said to me, "Um, we don't think you should be alone because your mom could die at any minute. And I did not know what to think. I was -hmm. was completely and totally in shock Mm -hmm. because I did not know. And what's really crazy is I was in shock because I didn't know she was dying. And the nurses were in shock because I didn't know she She was was dying. dying. Right. They didn't know that you didn't know because they thought Mm -hmm. we knew. Right. And they thought, wow, that was a stupid choice for her husband and son to just leave and leave only one with her and whatever but we really did not know. Mm. We had no idea. And I was in the midst of doing, you know, starting that application process for medical school and thinking about going to medical school and all of this stuff. And I remember thinking to myself, I will never do this, right? Mm -hmm. I will never screw up like that. Because what ended up happening was I had to go now back in the room. The nurses like awkwardly left me. I tried to kind of, get myself back together a little Mm -hmm. bit. I walked back in the room to see my mom and she could tell I was really upset. Yes. And she looked at me and she said, I'm dying, aren't I? Mm. And I had to say yes. Mm -hmm. And then I remember she, she opened up her arm. Mm. I went up beside her bed. I knelt at her bed and she started rubbing my head just like she did when I was a little girl to comfort me. Yeah. Because she was dying and we just found this out. And I thought, I will never do this. I will never screw up that bad. Mm-hmm. Those doctors and nurses did a horrible job. Certainly, they learned in their training mm-hmm. how to do that better. I mean, a 21 year old college student should not have to be the one to tell her mom she's dying. Right. Right. Yeah. So then I go through all of my training. All of medical school, all of everything, and I realize. I no, didn't. No, and nobody it, taught them. It's not they didn't forget, and nobody
2: taught them. Right, and it, it's not something like there's a big checklist that says someone's got to tell this person they're dying, and you roll the dice at the nurse's desk and decide who's going to tell. It's like it's this
1: hidden. Yeah, and the thing. nurses think that the doctors did it, and right. I think. Honestly, in in hindsight, I really think that the doctors thought they told us when Mm -hmm. they said she would be a perfect candidate for a heart transplant, but she can't have it because she has metastatic cancer. So they thought that they told us, but they didn't tell us. I mean, that wasn't telling us anything. It's just what. They assumed, I think, right. and and I think that happens a lot. And they think that we
2: can read their minds and in those hidden again, messages that we get somewhere, get the truth out of that, and many families don't. And in working with bereaved people, how many times people said, no one told us, Yeah, no one told us. Yeah, And it's so frustrating. And I
1: think they think they do. I mean, mm-hmm. I <laughs> right, because now I've been on the other side. A lot of years, right? right? I've been doing. I graduated from medical school in 2000, so I've Mm -hmm. been doing this 22 years. And you know, it's so funny because you think I would have realized it earlier on, like you know, because I made that vow. Mm I'm not. This is not going to happen to me. But then it slowly happened to me, right? And you just get indoctrinated into what you're taught, and you do what you're taught, Mm -hmm. and you realize that you're still just as awkward. And I'm still that 21-year-old college kid who doesn't know any better mm-hmm. because no one taught her any better right? how to break news to families, how to talk to people when they're dying, how to talk to people after their child's died. Right. Or, or, you know, I mean, in my case, child, because mm-hmm. I'm a pediatrician, right. but in anybody's right. case, it's other things. And so it just started to kind of hit me more and more after andy died mm-hmm. how lacking it is because i've talked to so many families now yeah you've heard it i just heard like it. i hear it, I've over, heard it. And over and over, over and over and over and over that they don't know what they're heck they're doing and no one told me yeah. and and because they don't know and
2: i they think there's it. this myth because there's a myth in grief that if you don't talk about your feelings or face them they'll get better right yeah. <laughs> and that's a myth but i do Time think there's yeah holes. there is this myth that we can go on the fringe of it and people could get the gist of what's going on here without having to be direct and say, I have something to tell you. And the other part is that some doctors actually are very direct, but they're so direct and curt that I've heard, you know, um, they told the person while they were on a gurney in the hallway coming, you know, from surgery into the recovery room and no family was there. Right. I, it's like, okay, the message, Was direct, but the delivery was awful. So we got to have a balance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. right. I'm curious as part of your story, forgive me for not remembering, how soon after that did your
1: mom die? Well, so I'm telling you, I'm not remembering if that conversation was on the 23rd or the 24th, but what ended up happening is on the 25th, on Christmas Day, she went into hospice, Mm -hmm. uh, into a hospice unit, and then she died on the 28th.
2: Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: So it was, Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't really like the nurses thought it could be any moment. It really wasn't. It was more like four Mm -hmm. days later, but, but still it was not what we expected. I mean, not even close to what we expected.
2: Um, This book is out of print, so I won't even mention it, but I, it basically, well, the title of it, was um if you want to know if you're dying, ask the cleaning lady. And it, it, the gist was in a hospital setting, everyone will dance around it, but the cleaning person will come in and say, "So you're dying, huh?" Yeah, <laughs> and have those conversations
1: with the patient that nobody else will have.
2: Yeah. And it's... So I don't know.
1: Well, but but anyway, it got us to it right. got me really thinking about talking. Better Mm -hmm. to teach maybe physicians and nurses and just hospital staff in general what to do instead and Mm -hmm. how to maybe feel a little more comfortable in that space. Um, Because it isn't comfortable. It isn't comfortable for anyone, but it is part of your job. I mean, it is part of the job. It's not a part that anybody likes, but it is part of the job. Mm And I think
2: one of the things that I feel like we really accomplished well was letting them know some of the normal reactions of grief so that when someone's in their office or they're seeing a patient after who's in the depths Mm -hmm. of their pain, what's normal rather than being alerted, just like the rest of the world that thinks, Oh no, this person needs some kind of treatment in order to get better and just educating them on what's normal. was huge.
1: And I think that is important because I think even to myself, i went to the doctor within probably a month or two of andy dying and i i don't think i had like a specific Reason that I had to go, except that everyone said to me, "You should go see your doctor Right.
2: Yeah, now you, you need to go right. see the doctor mm-hmm. because
1: you're like, I'm a mess, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not doing. Yeah. i'm not doing. Everyone's well. worried about you. Everyone's worried about me. Mm-hmm. And like, what do you? What do we do? What do we do? Send her to the doctor. Right. And well, maybe she'll just give her a prescription, yeah. and
2: it'll all be better. I do think that's people's way of feeling comfort. Like the doctor's going to know what to do. Right? <laughs> I know. Yeah. And you know what? The
1: doctor they don't, doesn't have yeah. any clue what to mm-hmm. do, unfortunately. Yeah. I unfortunately. wish
2: they did. Now we're saying this and, and if people are watching now or later, just, I'd kind of like to know some of their, we don't want to hear just the bad, right? There are bad, you know. And And there are beautiful stories too. Right. Yeah. The good ones of who's gotten it right and how they handled that would be nice to know Um, because there are some very compassionate. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying that those who don't do it well aren't compassionate. I I go back to what you're saying. They were not taught. It's a hidden in the curriculum for them just to pick up a little bit here and there. It's not direct. There's not clear instruction of what's helpful and what's not.
1: Well, and I even, we finished our, our talks, Mm -hmm. our discussion and the man that we had doing the video recording, it's interesting because Mm -hmm. he said to me afterwards, he said, a member of his family, I think it was his dad or somebody had died and they were wanting to like have a conversation with the doctor about what was happening and feelings and things like that. And the doctor actually said to them, I'm sorry, I just can't go there. If I would go there with every patient, I wouldn't be able to do it or something. Right. It was like very curt, very like, and I just totally cut him off. And, but he felt justified because he's like, "If I, I can't get emotional. I can't get emotional. Yeah. And that is what's kind of taught. Don't get emotional. Don't get too emotionally involved.
2: Right. And you did a great job bringing that human nature well, the humanity and humanity back think, to and it. And I
1: think that's where you came in, too, was like, but how do you take care of yourself right? when you show your humanity like mm-hmm. that? Because it is important to show your humanity, but not to the point where now you are really, you know, struggling yourself. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: That's a great comment.
1: Yeah. So someone just wrote in a comment, I struggle with a doctor's mind to medicate people that are grieving. Mm -hmm. It isn't always the answer. Depression without loss is different than grief after loss. Absolutely. That is 100% true. And that's
2: what we talked about. We did talk about Knowing the difference and that the depression that comes with grief is there, but it's different. Like you know, the viewer mentioned. Um, and it's not necessarily something that has to be treated because when we treat people or look for a cure, we want to eradicate and get rid of, and we cannot get rid of this. Right. No. So we need care instead of a cure. And that's different.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. How you put that? Yeah.
2: Care I said that on that cure. Saturday, but
1: <laughs> well, I'm sorry if I <laughs> forgot. Okay. We were both a little,
2: um, I don't. We weren't stressed. It was just a lot.
1: No, it was a lot. Um, I mean, we
2: I you. have to go back to something you said about the videographer. Interestingly enough, his. Um, second camera person Uh came up to me and said that usually when they are the second camera person, they bring a book or they're just kind of bored and really thought this would be something that would bore them. And they were so engaged in what was happening in those conversations. So that it's the stuff that we taught is not just for physicians. It's something you can take in all of your life Uh and learn about how to handle people.
1: Yeah. Well, and mm-hmm. goes back to the thing that we're not curing anything and mm-hmm. there, there is nothing to be cured. Here. Yeah. It's just, you just have to work through it and carry right. through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: definitely.
1: Yeah. Um. So anyway, that's kind of what we're, we're working on. I've got some upcoming episodes that we'll talk about this a little bit too, about some other couples that are, working on helping the medical community as well. And I'm hoping Mm. that we can partner with them a little bit. So you guys can certainly listen to upcoming episodes. And I think hear a little more about that. And if you have ideas or people that you think we could talk to, uh, that could really help with this, we would be happy to. Because really, I do feel like as much as I, I... I very feel very called to care for grieving people. I feel really kind of equally called to care for people who are caring for grieving people right. because yes. that is what happens. that well, that's where you live. most to care. yeah for mm-hmm. people and they don't know how to care for grieving people. Right. The best
2: part about today's world is if you live in Idaho or somewhere other parts of, you know, the world, we can still do this virtually because we've been invited to do a virtual conference. Yeah. And so um, if there's a group that you have or belong to or need some education pieces um, we've been asked to do a couple of um, cancer centers um, to their staff and so it's and, not that we have to care. travel. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. It's and not. Then we're doing a suicide summit. We both each yes. did that. Mm-hmm. Um, that. And that, that was all be, virtual. And that's going to all be yeah. virtual. I mean, we've already recorded it, but it's not I, out yet. You so. know,
2: I'm imagining people thinking, "Well, how much would it cost to have them come?" To you know, yeah. that in today's world, I, I do a lot of virtual presentations. Yeah. But
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I've spoken to medical students before as well. So right. Anyway, I think I think it would be a good way to kind of expand things and try to grow the message a little bit more right. to spread it out to more people. And, I, you know, again,
2: I put that out there to your listeners of what was good, what didn't work, because we want to take their experiences and use those as teachable moments mm-hmm. for, you know, and it, it helps us help others. So we're just really... Touched by how much you engage with the whole process of helping us educate.
1: Well, I was going to say, I mean, this comment that just came in Mm -hmm. about medicating people. Right. This fits very well into my guest from last week, Poppy's mom, because Poppy's mom, Katie, had a stillbirth on. On the due date, you know, she went in in labor and Mm -hmm. the baby had died and she left with a prescription for, I think, Zoloft, an antidepressant and a prescription for a sleeping pill. And that's just Mm. what she walked out with, with this expectation that you're going to be a mess and you need to take these prescriptions and that and only that will kind of get you through this. And It's not the right message that you want to send. The thing is, is they just don't know what to do. So they feel like, gosh, I got to do something. Probably she won't be able to sleep. Hey, here you go. Right.
2: Well, and if people, you know, I've said this before. I mean, people come into the doctor and present, I can't eat. I can't sleep. I'm, I'm this or that, you know, they want to solve that and say, here, let me give you something to help with that. But the only way to the other side is through the pain and, and helping with some of that, that. It's okay that they're in that, but how do we take care of them while they're in that? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, and I even think back to that first appointment I went to back with my doctor, and that is what she said. She said, I could give you an antidepressant, but it really wouldn't help Mm -hmm. because that's not what's going on here. This is grief. Mm -hmm. This is normal. Right. Um, And that was a good thing for me to hear, actually. And, And I think it was good for physicians now to hear that. That it was, that was encouraging to me because I think a lot of physicians would think that would be a discouraging statement to say like, I can't help you. This is just the way your life is now that that would be discouraging, but it really wasn't because it was more like, this is normal. And I know this is hard and I know this is terrible, but I've seen this and what you are doing is normal. Oh. And that's that makes me feel like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not going crazy. I don't right. suddenly need all this medication mm-hmm. to make me better because honestly, that doesn't feel good to me anyway." No. Right? The whole idea of like taking a pill to make to feel better seems right. weird, right? And that's 95% of my job
2: is mm-hmm. normalizing the reactions. So people go, "Oh, so I'm not crazy. I'm not." And when people reach out to me for help, they say things like, I'm not doing well. I'm a complete mess. I'm, I'm losing it. I'm, I'm just trying to think in the last week, some of the messages I've gotten, I could dig out my phone because someone messaged me and I forget the line that she used. I think it was, I'm a complete wreck and I'm going backwards. And, and when I got with her just saying, no, That mess that you are, that's grief. That's what grief looks like. And she was so relieved to know that she was normal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, this is part of it. So I'm not losing it. But again, it's the rest of the world and people don't want us to feel that way. So they do want to take it away. They want to find something quick, easy to make it go away. Of course they do. Yeah. Than to just sit in it. Yeah. 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 It's really uncomfortable, it, it is. and it's and uncomfortable that's what we talked about: is being okay with confusion and being okay with disorder, and that just that dark despair, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. and not have feeling like we have to find a way out. I don't have the answers, and I walk with bereaved people every day, but I don't feel uh, the pressure to get them out of that because I know what it takes, and I just it's that walking beside and yeah. being there. Yeah. Yeah. But I know why people act the way they do. It just doesn't help us.
1: <laughs> no, no mm-hmm. it really doesn't. Yeah. So anyway, we're hoping that that will kind of help people a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about today was just kind of an, just an update on me and mm-hmm. stuff that's been happening right. with me in my life, because I don't, I don't like to talk about that so much when I'm talking to other parents because right. right? it's their story, it's right? Their story. Yeah, it's not time for my story. Yeah. but but yet yeah, there is kind of a lot going on with my story right now. And if you, you know, if you had not told me so many times to not use the phrase uh, "I'm not doing well," all of that <laughs> that you just said, yeah, <laughs> I would have said to you today, "I'm not doing well." Right. I'm I'm a mess. I things mm-hmm. are really hard because things have been really hard. yeah, things yeah. have been really hard. I mean this has just been a hard month and I'm I'm still feel like I'm not quite through it. you know mm-hmm. um, it started with just the anticipation of Andy's 18th birthday and all of that um, and and then just kind of has continued one thing after another.
2: You know, mm-hmm. so tell me some of the events that you've gone to. I know you posted about graduation.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the very first thing, I, and we talked about this even on Andy's birthday, was okay. about how I had gotten that email that was just to all the senior parents. Right. And that I wrote back kind of to please take me off of the mm-hmm. email list that I was, you know, still on this email list. But it's, you know, it's painful. It was painful Mm -hmm. to me. And so I sent that back. And then I got um, a message from the principal. Um, And she said, we really would like to honor Andy. Mm -hmm. And in graduation, I don't know if you want to do that publicly or privately. And that's where we sat last time Mm -hmm. when I discussed is whether we should do it kind of a publicly at graduation, or we should do something more private. And, and I was thinking about that for a long time and I mm-hmm. hadn't gotten back to her and what happened then is that of, this is now a couple of weeks ago. I get a message just at during dinner from, um, Andy's best friend's mom and she said we're on the way to Yoni that's his name Yoni's graduation it's at the ballpark mm-hmm. i don't know how we'll get through it and mm-hmm. i mean if if all of you remember andy died on our way to the ballpark mm-hmm. we were on the exit lane he was really feet from the property of there is where they tried to resuscitate him so you know mm-hmm. looking at the ballpark we we went through the sign that's like exit only for Mm -hmm. the the ballpark. So, you know, his, all of his classmates that he had gone through kindergarten through the eighth grade and, and um, they, they were all graduating really at the ballpark that day. Now, Andy was not going to be graduating because he had decided to go to the aviation Uh Academy because he wanted to be a pilot. But honestly, most of those kids at the graduation did not know that. Right. They They did not know because we didn't have the first day of school yet. And so Mm -hmm. Andy wasn't not there. So they didn't realize it. Like his Mm -hmm. best friend obviously knew. And his super close friends knew that he wasn't going to go to the high school. But everyone else kind of assumed he was, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So when he died, they they honored him. And they had counselors available and Mm -hmm. all that stuff for the first day of school uh, after he died. But... So they had that graduation there. And I had a lot of parents say that that was difficult. It's the first time they've ever had graduation at the ballpark, by the way. First time ever. Oh, Never done it there before. So I don't know <sighs> if it was just venue size or COVID or what it was yeah. to do it outside. I'm not sure. But they had it there. And so some parent, I don't even know who apparently mentioned to the principal of the high school that they thought they should honor Andy. Mm -hmm. And so he's going through his speech towards the beginning of graduation after everyone came in. And he, he had this like graphic up where he's describing the class and and one of the characteristics they had was nicest. He was Mm. talking about how this class had the nicest group of kids. And then he said, and one of one of our nicest Oh that we had his life was cut short mm. and that is Andy Larson. So let's take a moment to remember Andy. So oh. they did a moment of silence for Andy. And so I didn't know any of this was happening. Mm-hmm. I just get a message then like two hours later from Yoni's mom and saying that they just had a moment of silence and I I started sobbing outside. I mean, I was sobbing on the deck. The neighbors were like looking. (laughs) Eric was inside. He comes running outside. I'm certain he thought someone had died in the family because I was just really truly lamenting. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just really sobbing. And I had found that out. And anyway, then I get a call then probably the next day from Andy's the high school he was supposed to go to and from that principal saying i don't know if you've put more thought into it as to what you want to do if you want to do it publicly or privately and i said well as a matter of fact the we the high school just did something mm-hmm. and i feel like it would be kind of weird if the high school he didn't want to go to honored him and i right. did want to go to didn't, didn't honor him right so i think we should do something mm-hmm Publicly. And, and the other thing that happened in the meantime is that we were doing this event, you and I were right. doing this event. And so we wanted to do a little bit of media to promote the event. So oh, people would yeah. come. And so I had talked to our wood TV, our local TV station here in Grand Rapids, who's like the big TV right. station that everybody watches um, to see about going on to kind of promote that, the healthcare talk and so they agreed and they were excited about it. And they came and they videoed me seeing patients at work, actually just like a fake patient, uh-huh. but, and then they came to the house and he's setting up the cameras and we're just there chit chatting and all of a sudden the cameras start rolling and the reporter oh. says to me, so something really special happened for with your family last night, didn't it? Oh.
2: Because it was not the prepared. day
1: after that. And mm-hmm. I had no clue. And I thought I was all prepped for this interview. Mm-hmm. Because I knew, knew what, what I was, was gonna talking, talking about. about. And then they went in the back door to the emotions. She did. So she caught me off guard. She brought up the graduation. They showed the graduation moment mm-hmm. of silence on TV. They showed, th- what's crazy is they showed it on TV, I think three, three days. Time. Yes, they three did. Days. <laughs> they did. Showed it. They showed it. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and um, so all these people came up and saw it, and and um, <laughs> it ended up being hard. I th- they did it beautifully. Mm-hmm. They did do yeah. It they did There's, a beautiful job. They did do a beautiful job, but it was really, really emotional.
2: Right. One of the things that I took from watching it and knowing, you know, how you went into it, thinking I'm promoting an event, to the story that it t- <laughs> morphed into. <laughs> was that the community really does love your family. I mean your family was known before Andy died. But then when he died and then you starting the podcast and now your you know movement in wanting to help physicians and healthcare workers, I just got this sense that they loved you and your story and it it took on a life and it was beautiful. It really was. But it was not something you went in that day
1: no, expecting. no, right. And I'm crying, and the, yeah. the cameraman is feeling bad because I don't have a tissue. And mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys yeah. recording, like, I was feeling really bad. And I said to her after they stopped recording, What was that? Yeah, where did that come from? And she said, Oh, I just saw it on Facebook yesterday. Like, yeah. you Facebook stalked me, right? Like, you coming <laughs> to do this interview? Uh, So,
2: those moments, and I'm sure your listeners have had them too where no matter how far out, no matter when it happens, it brings you back. So when you mentioned the sobbing out on the deck, yeah, that brings you back to that moment of they should be here. And that long, you know, that ripping again of what you wanted to keep. Right. Yeah. And it feels like it was yesterday. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So just warning the listeners that the that will happen. And it can bring you back to that day one, but you really aren't at day one anymore. I know, so but it does the, feel that it way. It feels that sure. way for that time. And not to think that now I've, you know, gone so far back, but that one mom explained it to me. She just said, The well of sorrow is always inside of me, but it doesn't consume me. And I don't jump in it as often, but when I do, um, I don't stay in it as long and she can jump back out, but it's always right there. So, you know, when those surprise things happen and milestones, I mean, you had so many 18 graduating.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So what did his school do then?
1: So, so with so I have to go back a little bit again. So, also what's crazy is one of andy's classmates we just recently hired his mother to be a phone nurse for our office and um and so and with our phones right now after COVID, we have all the phone nurses just work from home so i've only met her like twice so i've hardly i've hardly met her but on his birthday she sent me an email And because I had cupcakes at the office for his birthday. And Mm -hmm. um, she said, I have a story to tell you about him sometime. Mm. And so that a few days before that graduation, I I got a message to her back and I said, I really need to hear that Mm -hmm. story Mm. because it had been bothering me that I didn't know it. Right. And so she called me over her lunch break then that day and said, well, you know, there are a few things, one, her son, well, actually I need to go back a little bit further. So when I had that conversation with the principal, the second one saying, yes, Mm -hmm. honor him at graduation, she said, well, I'm glad you decided that because I've had some, I've had a member of the soccer team come up to me and tell me that they really want to honor Andy and they wanted to pick up his diploma for him. Mm. And she didn't want to tell me unless I had already made that decision that we wanted to do it publicly. So she had told this young man, Caleb is his name. She told him, you know, that's really up to the Larson's Mm -hmm. if they want to do something. um, But I will kind of get back to you. And Mm -hmm. so when I found this out, um, and she didn't tell me who it was. She just said a boy from the soccer. Okay. So, and and but I wondered if it was this nurse's mm-hmm, son, mm-hmm. just because she had said she had this special story right. and whatever. And so, um, when she told me, she said they they started playing together in the summer before it started. They the soccer team would informally get together and practice. And there were no coaches. There was nobody. And it was Mm -hmm. JV, girls, boys, everybody, everybody that played soccer would just go to this park and play. And Andy was super scared the first day he went, he didn't even want to stay. He was so tiny, you know, Mm -hmm. And, and then this Caleb got dropped off too. And they ended up walking in there together. And at first they just passed the ball just between the uh-huh. two of them until the team kind of welcomed them in. And so they started kind of hanging out a little bit and they had then their soccer practices together. And she told me a story. I like, I had to buy Andy new shoes <laughs> during soccer season because the, the, or during the beginning there, because he went for a run and his feet hurt so bad. He couldn't finish. And I just find found out that Caleb and this other kid Carried him over the finish line oh, because his feet wow. were hurting so bad. And then I went and bought him shoes the next day. Which, by the way, fit me and I can wear. Oh, I really? I oh. but, um, but the story she really wanted to tell me ended up happening on the day that Andy died, which she didn't realize it was the day Andy died. But the whole class volunteered for Kids Food Basket. And Andy and Caleb were put in the same group for Kids Food Basket volunteering. And Kids Food Basket is just a volunteer organization that like packs meals for kids mm-hmm. in the community. And so they were doing this and they got out early. I finished early that day. Um, they're supposed to get done at, at 12 o'clock and I think they got back at like 11, 15 or 11, 20. And so Andy calls me and um, said they're done early. And I said, well, I'm just finishing up with patients. I'll, I'll come get you. Um, I then sent him a message when I was leaving. I said, I'll be there between five and seven minutes. Mm-hmm. And Andy called me back with, after five and said, <laughs> Where are you? No. I thought that's what he was saying. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was saying, Where are you? Yeah. And I said, Buddy, I told you five to seven minutes. It's been five. Give me two more minutes. I'm almost there. And he said, Oh, mom, it's not that. I was just so excited to tell you about my day.
0: Hmm.
1: And so he just wanted to tell me because he had so much fun. Well, it turns out Caleb's mom had to go pick him up, you know, too, Mm -hmm. that day. And Caleb was just grinning ear to ear when he picked him up. And when she picked him up and she said, Caleb, what's going on? And he said, I just had such a great day. Mm. I got to work with Andy today. And I tell you, he is just the nicest kid. He said, Mom, he is so nice. It almost seems like he's an angel and not like a real person. Oh, my. Oh, my. I actually said that to his mom at noon, then they had soccer practice that afternoon and then at seven, seven Mm o'clock, 7.02, (laughs) Andy died. Mm -hmm. So it was only, you know, hours before he died. Mm. So anyway, it was pretty (sighs) special yeah very much so. And I'd never been told that story and never wow. knew that that had happened. nothing. Mm.
2: And that's one of those so beautiful but so painful.
1: Oh, I know yeah, so painful so painful yeah. so
2: let anyway me,
1: yeah they they yeah, let ahead. me
2: ask this. was he the young man who hugged you then I saw in the video? So
1: right. So okay, it ended up then then um I, I asked. If Caleb was the one then that went to the principal and they asked to do that and and if Molly said yes, and yeah it was Caleb and, because you know I think he really thought Andy was gonna be his best friend. I think high so, school. yeah. Because they he, both came in, no one knows right. And yeah, I can see it, that's what, what I thought. Yeah. So so anyway, um when it came time then to plan what to do at the event, they were like, you know, she said, if you would like to come up and get his diploma or you want Peter to come up and get his diploma, you can. And mm-hmm. I said, I think really I want Caleb to get his diploma. Yeah. And he can bring it to us. And it felt like we wouldn't be as much of a kind yeah. of like a spectacle almost going up. Mm-hmm. And, and um, we could just be off to the side. Just less pressure. Right. And Caleb really wanted to do it. I mean, he really wanted to do it. And so he did. So he picked it up and he handed the diploma to us. And and
2: I will tell you from watching it, it's on your website so people can see it, correct? Yeah. Okay. So I watched that, not knowing the story that you just heard. I did not know that till this moment. I watched that. And um, when he hugged you, I thought, He's really hugging you. Yeah. And so I wondered myself, I've seen you know a lot of people hug.
1: Is I've never, I've never met him. Isn't that amazing? i would never met him. And the way he touched
2: your back, it wasn't like, and this is so interesting. Here I'm your friend watching it going, don't be awkward, young man. Don't be a- it was so beautiful watching. And he stayed in for a few. Well, because I just
1: needed to hold him because I yeah, just needed to almost pretend like it was Andy for just a second.
2: Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah, very much so. And it really was beautiful. So now hearing the story and watching the video, um, that's beautiful. So there's, I don't want to call them blessings in disguise, but just beauty among the ashes, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and, um, yeah, and he said, he told his mom afterwards, he said, I could feel Annie with me.
2: Oh, that is so, so beautiful. So I think that's yeah. why he
1: gave me that extra hug, too. Yeah. I think he felt.
2: I could he tell. He felt
1: like he was giving he was me in a there. hug yep. for him.
2: Yep. Yep. Him. It was beautiful watching it. Yeah. now, Having the other part of the story. What a, an amazing young man. And just... Two things that you've said the, the principal at the other school saying about a nice class and Andy was one of the nicest and just hearing these themes. And some of you have these same themes with your people after they die, that you hear so much about who they were and how they touch people that you didn't even know. Yeah. It makes you miss them even more, but there's that sense of now everyone else understands too, why they were so special. Well, and it and, just
1: And you know, what's funny too, at that graduation, I felt like, did you you want one
2: i was being selfish and getting myself one
1: um so i you know we stood off to the side so it would be not so much of a deal right and Uh and but everyone in the whole auditorium stood Yeah. and i was not expecting that Uh i was not expecting them all to stand for him so that was nice it was
2: yeah and to honor a life and to take the time and i I probably should i'm writing myself a note to write the principal a note to say you got it right because one of the things that I told you when we first got on is that this conversation is raw and honest that we didn't you know talk about ahead of time. What I wanted to ask her was what did they get right, and I'm just reminded right now to reinforce the fact that. They did do it right,, oh, and yeah. they did stop and honor because so many times we just go on with life and we don't stop and honor a life that was lived, and families sometimes even amongst themselves don't stop and honor a life to have his whole class do that in the community um was just amazing, yeah, yeah,
1: and what's yeah. funny, too, is now our we're not even kind of done with honoring things yet because. This coming Monday, we've got another thing happening. So, okay.
2: What's that? So
1: um, our, so Andy always went to church camp with the kids at our church. And especially during the confirmation years, they would go. So like a couple of years. I don't know if he went. I think he just went too, But he went to camp with his church friends. And we they all go to the same camp, Stony Lank Bible Camp stony lake luther camp it's out in in by um in new era michigan by okay. lake michigan so they go to this camp and in right about the time that the pandemic started so a couple years ago now they were deciding to redo their cabins because they have really junky cabinets. They're just dark. <laughs> well, that's and how camps start, they're, right? I know, they're, just, they're nasty. And so they were, were deciding, you know what, we really need to invest in getting better facilities for our campers. So this first building they were going to build, it was going to have this cool great room in it. And then a bunk, um, you know, a room of bunks off to one mm-hmm. side and a room of bunks off oh, to the other okay, side. With like okay? a lodge in the middle. With like a lodge thing yeah. in the middle, Yeah. And it's like a $250,000 building. And so and maybe even more than that, because they were were somehow trying to raise $400,000, I think. So maybe it was even that. So to start this thing. And so they're going to have two of those buildings eventually and then other little just bunk rooms. Mm -hmm. But the first one they're building and then started this fundraising campaign. And so they asked our church to try to raise $50,000. And I immediately, when I heard this, thought to myself, this would be a way to honor Andy. And mm-hmm. I thought, I wonder if we ask them, if we raise $100,000, mm-hmm. if we could get some kind of naming recognition right. or something for Andy. And they were very gracious about that, thinking that was a great idea. And so our church and then like over Facebook and family, friends, things like that, end up raising $110,000. Wow. For the game, mm. And obviously with COVID and all of this stuff, the building is just finishing mm. now. And it's being dedicated on Monday. And the great room will be forever called Andy's room. Oh, oh wow. Wow. So they had the whole big room. Well, so then, anyway, it's it's beautiful, and the bishop of the church is coming, and the Lutheran Church, and yeah, will they have a have
2: plaque like... too with his story a little bit? Do you yeah. know? Okay, I mean,
1: I wrote something. Of, oh, good.
2: Yeah. I was going to suggest that because there are a lot of you know your listeners and families who take and raise money and do some beautiful things with it in memory of their are people. And I always say, I want the story to go with it. That's what matters to you. You know, I mean, yeah. the building's beautiful and everything's great and people are going to go there and their spiritual lives are going to be changed. It's all wonderful. But for you, the fact that you've had a chance to have the imprint of the story and what to be remembered is beautiful. To yeah. Me.
1: They, they mm-hmm. asked me, I don't know how much is going to be on the plaque and what they just wanted for the dedication ceremony, mm-hmm. but they asked me to write. Write like three four hundred words, and so I did that, and Mm -hmm. and, um, I'll I'll post it. Right, okay. Facebook for people. I was at a
2: camp. It's Warner Camp. It's near South Haven, and um, they have a um, high ropes course that was in memory of a young man, and his family has a plaque there, and it was just really touching. And then another one of their courses in memory of another one was a car accident, and one was cancer, and just their different stories. But two young boys, and that's just. Touching to me that you have that, but now you have another emotional thing, I do. right? I have so it's like, like thing. So you I, just keep bumping your your throbbing, like, oh, it
1: hurts. Yeah. I know, I know. And and what's kind of funny too is that, you know, I've shared this, I've not shared it with a lot of people. That either the camp thing or the graduation thing. I didn't, mm-hmm. because every time I would share it with someone, they would just smile and say, Oh, that's so great. <laughs> And you're like, it's that's so, so great. I'm and, bleeding. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. But it's, so I used this because I recently interviewed someone and it's not aired yet, but you'll all recognize it now when you hear it. But she, her daughter had said something was excruciatingly beautiful. And I was oh, like, that's what it was. Yes. That's what graduation was. It was excruciatingly beautiful. I love beautiful. that. Yes. I think Monday will be excruciatingly beautiful. I I like that term better because. Yes. I'm so, I, it's just not helpful to me when I tell somebody right. about something that's going to be really heartbreaking and really and go, difficult yes. and challenging for me. And then all I get back was, that's so great. That's <laughs> wonderful they're yeah. doing that for him. Yeah. And no, all it smiles like it's so much, beautiful. Yeah. And like, oh, they're, but there's so much not. Yeah,
2: beautiful. right.
1: So excruciatingly yeah. beautiful.
2: I love that. I had a friend um, talk to me about a, a Bible study she's doing. And she said, you know, the hard obedience part I thought hard obedience because so many times people say, just obey, you know, like obedience <laughs> is so easy. It's like, no, it's hard. Yeah. So I love that adjective before the beautiful. It is excruciating. Right.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. So. There's so
2: much. And and you're just in a season of a lot of that right now. So I wanted to ask you after the the graduation ceremony, when you came home, what did you do? How did you feel? I'm mean, like, do you find yourself more
1: exhausted? Like what I were some exhausted. of the
2: physical things?
1: So first of all, I couldn't eat much at all the the day of it. Mm. I mean, I hardly ate. I yeah. couldn't eat dinner. Like Peter comes down, what's for dinner? Like I don't yeah, whatever you want because I got nothing for you. Because I mm-hmm. just, I felt like I was just going to vomit. I was mm-hmm. just like, just so nauseated yeah. and, and I got done and I was just tired, but I, you know, valeriana my foster son came to and he he got me something to eat so we ate a little something then i mean it was it was nice to get it done i mean in, in a way right mm-hmm. it just it felt like such a task to have to do so I mean, the anticipation
2: beautiful. yeah was me, hard yeah and caused the anxiety so when it was done at least you didn't have the anticipation yes, of it yeah
1: you still so the I emotions still... and the
2: exhaustion yes okay yes yep and that's what we want you know um that's the part when people go oh that's so great that they don't know yeah right that comes with it
1: That right that it was yeah. so exhausting mm-hmm. And i mean it worked out just beautifully i feel like the whole graduation even happening was like orchestrated from above because they graduated on a thursday I of course normally work Thursday nights, and mm-hmm. I because Andy was not graduating, I did not take it off. Mm-hmm. But I was assigned to round at the hospital that week, which in one way was bad because I was having to work every day, and I was mm-hmm. so stressed out. So it was a hard week to work. But on the other hand, it was good because on the weeks that I round during the day, like that Thursday, I only mm-hmm. had to see patients for like three hours. Right. So, or two and a half even. So I saw patients for two and a half hours and then I went home at 3.30 and this graduation is at seven. Well, normally I would have been working at right. seven. So right. I never would have even been able to do. So it was mm-hmm. like worked out well. And then it's, it was Eric's golf night and then, but he had an early tea time, but it turns out then it rained. And so it was oh. canceled anyway, because he was going to have to leave early to get there and so it just felt like it was meant to be that we mm-hmm. were meant to go be there and yeah. we were meant to be there yeah. for the thing even though we wouldn't have taken and it there off. were other names on the list too so other students had died no no, no it
2: was just oh. him. where did i see like four names at a school it wasn't andy's no was it must a- have
1: somebody i'm gonna else. look it up it was
2: not. Okay. Somebody um, that I saw and I meet so many people. So forgive me for not, but there oh, were four names. You no,
1: know, no, that, you know who that is. Um, oh, I know who that is. And now I'm feeling terrible because now I'm, I'm blanking. Um,
2: well, I feel bad too. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, this is, but really it's, it's, I'll it's remember one, okay, All right. <laughs> um,
2: but I, my thought with that is that, you know, one of the things that your listeners sought out in the podcast was they're probably some of the only people in their community who have had this happen. But I was thinking of that school or whoever that stopped and had four. Yeah. they did. And th- it's like almost having your own little grief support group, right. In that, you know, uh, community of grieving people, but many times we were the only one and it could go years without another student dying or having that. So.
1: Well, and I know I talked to that mom. Mm-hmm.
2: Elias yeah maybe it was tanya yeah yes, it is it, it was. was with brooklyn
1: with brooklyn yes, yes. that's who okay it was. now yep. interestingly so brooklyn i think died when she was 10 so quite a bit right younger yep. but they still honored her at graduation and they honored all four of them but she said she was the only. they were the only parents to go
2: really the
1: others didn't go oh i didn't know that
2: yeah and so because she when, had one because of those really hard i read seasons. that yeah
1: it was the day after they had done mm-hmm. the whole of silence at andy's and mm-hmm. so shortly before I did mine. And so I wrote to her just saying that I was going right. to doing it. Um, and so she wrote back to me and said she was the only one. So. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. 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 So anyway, but you're right in that it can be nice uh, to do that a little bit in community. <laughs> if well, if that's I was close. just
2: shocked. I mean, it, uh, to see a senior class that would have had four deaths. That's not that common. No. Um, so,
1: you know, but thinking of that brings me to this past week again with that horrific oh, shooting yes. in Texas. Yeah. And, you know, I've talked to many of my friends who've lost kids and that just puts us all right back there again, too. Doesn't you it? know, it's yeah. just, to just see those parents and read those stories and just know a little bit of what they're feeling, obviously. I mean, it's, it's different yeah. because it was a, horrific murder situation and not, you know, an accident or illness, but, but still to just know that they're gone forever and how, Mm -hmm. how that must, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the worst day of their lives. It
2: is. And you read those posts where people say, you know, to some people it's a headline and it's a horrible headline and you go, wow. And it's far away from where we live. So you can almost remove yourself going, wow, some really bad things happened over there or down in, you know, another state in our country. But for bereaved people, yeah, it is right here. It's I right mean, here. It, yeah. it is. And you know the journey that those parents are going on. And you and I have talked about this because I remember talking about one of our first podcasts was um, together was on those early days, right? Yeah. That they're in that numbness, but you know when that numbness hits, they're yeah. beginning a journey that they have no idea, but you know it. So you heard in a level for them.
1: Yeah. I know, and and a level that other people just can't can't Mm -hmm. feel. And that, right? It's just, it's just different. It's just different.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It it was very painful, and I think for a lot of your listeners, um, just you know, probably brought a lot of tears and yeah, sleepless nights. And uh, yeah, certainly
1: had many people texting me about it. Yeah,
2: very much so.
1: It it is one of those things you just want to go and give somebody a hug. Right. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think we probably ought to wrap things up here, oh, yeah. but I, I do appreciate wow. the people that have kind of gone on and written in some comments. So I,
2: someone said community is often nicer than family. Yeah. And that is true. You know, um, when I said about taking the time to pause and remember, sometimes families don't even do that at holidays or dinners, you yeah. know, just to take that time. So when a whole community remembers, um, it's touching, but yeah. yeah. It is, it is.
1: Um, so anyway, yeah. if any of you want to go out to New Era, Michigan, to the dedication uh, next week Monday, you certainly can. That's my thirty fifth <laughs>
2: wedding anniversary. So
1: oh, I'm just, just yeah. inviting people in general. Yeah, no. I, um, uh, well, yeah. congratulations well, on your wedding you. anniversary. Yeah.
2: Um, so, just encouraging others um, in realizing that those painful moments do come up and you're in a season of them. And I think, you know, when I asked you, when you came home, how you felt, and just as we started this by talking about the doctors taking care of themselves, I want to encourage you to do the same thing just because you are a caregiver um, to take some time for you. So after this season of graduation and the dedication, I hope you have a little bit of R and R coming up.
1: Well, thank you for that. Yeah,
2: (laughs) you need it. We all do.
0: Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful and would like to support the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and comment. To help financially, you can text Andy's Mom to the number 53555 or visit the donate page on andysmom.com. Your donations are secure and tax-deductible, and we are now able to accept Venmo, PayPal, and Apple Pay. Always Andy's Mom is a registered 501c3 organization and can receive donations through smile.amazon.com Thrive in Financial, and Benevity, amongst others. Marcy loves hearing from listeners. Please feel free to reach out to her via email at marcy at Also, be sure to sign up for the email list to receive weekly updates as well as pictures of all of Marcy's guests and their children. Together, let's work to inspire hope one day at a time.